Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of I've Never Had an Original Thought with me, Becky Lee. This week I'm joined by Darcy again and it is a very fun episode. It, I hope it feels like you're just chatting with your friends because that was the aim. We talk about friendship and current affairs um, and included in this is our reflections on the Roe v. Wade overturning. Um, bit of a trigger warning surrounding that because as obviously some of the new state rules mean that uh, there are no exceptions for women who need to access an abortion. Uh, It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And we discussed that uh, kind of early on in the episode. So yeah, skip that if that's something that's going to make you feel upset. As always, I am sending you my love and I hope you have a wonderful week. And yeah, please enjoy the episode. See you, bye. Welcome back to I've Never Had an Original Thought with me, Becky Lee, and this week with also Darcy Bevins. Hello, welcome back. It's good to be back. back. I'm excited. Today's format is completely different. I'm just leaning into my resources here. (laughs) I'm relying on you to deliver an amazing episode for the listeners. Thank you, thank you. Pressure is on. (laughs) So why don't you update everyone on your life? What's going on? So I'm coming to the end of the contract I'm in with my current work and I'm looking for a new job which is really exciting. I think I'm going to move to London with you. (laughs) Uh, What else am I doing? That's like the big plan at the minute trying to be here and find a house with you which is stressful. I know. But we've not even begun. No we haven't (laughs) begun and you were talking about everything I know about love and how that is going to be our life. Yeah. That's what we manifested. Yeah. Because she's 24 as well. Yeah. In the this, in this show. And I was just like, oh, it's it's our Dolly era. I know. Oh my God. And I saw a thing as well about like friends and how at the start of friends, they're all like 24. Mm, yeah. And it follows them into their 30s. And I was thinking, life is just beginning. Yeah. Well, I was worried actually because I work with some girls at the minute who are 21, 22. Yeah. And this is that that's their first job. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm 24. Like, I feel like I'm two years ahead of them, but I'm still in the same position. Yeah. So I felt like I'd missed out, which I think a lot of people do feel at the minute. But then when I saw everything kind of about love and realised she was 24, I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm doing good. Literally. But she yeah. got, like, her dream job, like, out of the blue. Well, it wasn't her dream job. 
But she got such a good job out of the blue. Like, I always fantasize about someone doing that to me and being like, hey, I like you. Here's your dream job. But that's never going to happen. Although it's happened to people that I know before. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because even if it's your dream job, though, it might not be the actual dream when you get there. That is so true. The grass is always greener. Yeah, so many people I know have, like, reached their dream job and have had a very rude awakening when yeah. it's not been one they envisioned. That must be worse, surely. That well, must be such a bit no, of... no, because I guess it just means that you've realised that you don't want to do something. Like, mm. it's that reality hitting you and you think, okay, well, what next? Like, you're closing one door, but there's still loads that out there. Could you imagine if you, like, what if you thought you wanted to be a doctor for your whole life and you went through, like, six years of med school... And then you got there, and you were like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> Surely you'd know that because you get put on placement. Yeah. Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? Because you're already in there. Like, to get into uni in medicine is difficult. Well, actually, I, the, I lived with dentists, and it was very much up and down for them because mm. it was so difficult. And one of the p- people I lived with did debate whether the, it was the right path for them. They're still doing it now, and I think they've found it. Yeah. But there's so, mu- so much opportunity to go from there as well. Like, mm. even if you you don't have to be a GPD, you can be a surgeon or whatever. So there's different pathways within yeah. it, which I think... But also transferable skills. Like, I know my work would hire a medic, even if they had decided they didn't want to be a medic. Because, like, the discipline, the time, the organic, all of those skills that you get from seven years of training... Yeah. The intelligence you must have, that's not... Yeah, definitely. You mean it's, I, not, it's not... Yeah, I was just thinking that I work with a woman who was a dentist and now is... So she was a dentist and then she ran a bar or a restaurant oh. after that because she was like, oh, dentistry was not for her. She hated yeah. it being client-facing and things like that. So then ran a bar, which is, <laughs> which is ironically client-facing. But then, just before COVID, she ended up leasing that out mm. because, I don't know, it just wasn't fair. And now just works in the school as a, a, a supervisor or whatever, but she seems happy. Like, I guess you just yeah. do different things, don't you? Yeah, you just got to find what's right for you. And it's a journey. Yeah, it is. It is. But you're on yours now. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Which is so exciting. <laughs> but we can update, I will update you next week on Darcy's update on Darcy's career developments if anyone's interested thank you thank you yeah because well fingers crossed my interview well, tomorrow exactly, goes well exactly exactly you know um okay so I want to discuss a few things I'm, I'm leaning into like the high low kind of vibe here as well mm-hmm. talking about current affairs because a lot of things have happened I think in the past couple of weeks that I feel like it's important to mention yeah um and one of those being Obviously, the absolutely apparent overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision. And do you remember learning about it? I remember the first time I learned about it was in, like, A-level politics, politics when we were learning yeah. about the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah. And all of those different decisions. And I remember thinking, wow. The F- I remember thinking, they were so ahead of their time when they implemented that. Like, isn't that incredible? And yeah. here we are, like, 50 years later. And it's being overturned. Yeah. Well, I remember I was learning about it, and there was... So when did we learn about it? What, six years ago, whatever it yeah. was? And it was just how amazing this policy was, mm. and it was, and then you wouldn't imagine that it would be overturned. But it's interesting, because even when we were learning about it, 
there was still sort of like even though this is overarching states still have different approaches to abortion because I remember learning that like women in Texas it was still pretty hard for them to access abortion clinics for whatever reason or like they often need healthcare and some employers won't pay for abortion as part of healthcare. Do you remember that? Yeah, And they you're don't right. have to if they're like a Christian organisation or something. Um, Sad. Yeah, it very. But I didn't think we'd get to this point. Like, as no. in, I understood that certain states had certain overarching sort of political leanings that made access to abortion different based on your geographical location but now states have the right to implement almost whatever abortion law they want to yeah and in some cases i think it was i was reading in ohio it doesn't matter the circumstances in which you were impregnated like you could be it could be a baby of incest or rape and you would have to carry that child and give birth to it yeah that that it's mad, isn't it? Because all of, all of the things that I've read around it, obviously, that's not a reflection of how people in the US feel, because I think it's only twenty percent of the US are actually pro life. Twenty really twenty percent, yeah, and eighty oh. percent are pro choice. So I was questioning, like, how come the minority have gotten the majority ruling here? If you think about it, it's six people. It's six people that have decided this. Yeah. You only need the, what, zero point whatever percent of power. Yeah. It's just about power, isn't it? Or it's about, like, these people are so hyper-focused on one issue. Yeah. That they've put all of their time and resources into pushing that issue. But you're right, also, I think it is about power. But there was also, right, you know Prulief from the Bake Off? Yeah. Her son is an MP. Yeah. I'm assuming a Tory MP. I'm pretty sure he's a Tory MP. He was in the House of Commons. <coughs> he was in the House of Commons saying that he disagrees with the fact that women should have bodily autonomy. Hmm. And I was thinking, no. Not on these Great British Isles. <laughs> um, isn't that ridiculous? It actually makes me, like, it's, I know we're talking about it in quite a candid way and we're very privileged to be doing this right now. But these real lives are going to be seriously affected by this. Yeah. But whether... It it does scare me in the sense that could this ha- happen in the UK? Do you reckon? No. I don't think it... Well, I'd hope not. But the, the, one of the things that people argue about the US is that although in the Constitution it says that the state and religion are separated... They're not. You cannot untie the fact that this is obviously very much informed by, like, a Christian doctrine, the passing yes. of this oh, law. Well, yeah, have you seen that Jew, um, Jewish commu- a Jewish community in, I can't remember what state, have said that it's uh, anti-Semitic mm. or because Jewish... Uh, they have their own doctrine on abortion, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They basically say that you need to prioritise the woman's life mm. and that they sh- they shouldn't come into into damage or anything like yeah, that, yeah, which yeah. this policy obviously does. Yeah. Have you seen the movement online as well? Like, all those... Um, a lot of the pro-lifers are like, we will adopt your ch- child. <laughs> have you seen all of them? No. This is the thing that's ironic, isn't it? If they really cared about life, then they'd 
be wanting to promote funding for uh, social care and education and things like that, but they don't. And the US has one of the worst child protection laws in, in the world. Yeah. It's crazy. You're right, there's always that thing about Republicans about how, like, they want to protect the child until it's actually born. Yeah. And then they're like, we don't care about you anymore. <laughs> but it's true, though. <laughs> yeah, they don't really care. It, I th- that's what I mean. I think it is just about power and control in a woman's body. And the w- where you can exercise that control. Yeah. But, like, why does anyone, like, why does anyone care? Why is it your business if someone decides to carry or not carry through a pregnancy? Like, it is none of my business what anyone else does with their body. Unless it is directly harming me or someone I love, I have no reason to say anything. Yeah. But then, that, it's the same, that's, that argument can be used in so many different ways as mm. well, isn't it? Because if you think about, like, the beauty industry, mm. why, why can the beauty industry make women feel so rubbish about their body? Well, and men, but particularly women feel so rubbish about their bodies and feel like they need to change it. Mm. But it's because they just want to make money from it. Yeah. So, well, I don't know how you're going to make money from not allowing abortions. I saw a a clip of this young woman. um, Like, she got asked by a reporter about the Democrats and their approach to the Roe v. Wade um, overturning... And the Democrats sent out, I think it was like an email to their members asking for donations as soon as this thing got overturned and was like, this has been overturned and you should fund the party, blah, 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 blah. And then someone was like, no. She's like, you should not use this overturning as a little campaigning fundraising opportunity. How tone deaf can you be? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If anyone's going to donate money, donate it to legitimate abortion charities uh, or like put your money into funding more progressive Democrats. Because something must be going wrong over there for them to be like, this is the perfect opportunity to ask people for money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I agree with that that's ridiculous in some ways so I feel like I can't be shocked anymore oh my god like so so much happens in politics globally that you're almost you, you end up getting numb to it don't you um climate meltdown apparently there's a cyclone coming to London like next week an actual really? cyclone it's meant to be like one degree a couple of months ago there was apparently a cyclone in Buckingham where I live <laughs> And I kid you not, the the trees around me were destroyed. The security hut in our place nearly got tumbled by a, a massive oak tree. I know. But it only hit in a really small area. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's... I used to be so terrified of um, tornadoes when I was younger. Like, I think I watched... Um, What's that? The Wizard of Oz. Like, one too many times I thought, my house is going to get whipped up by a tornado. <laughs> like, like there'd be tornadoes in Liverpool, but, you know, who knows now? Well, the yeah. Going, yeah honestly, honestly, there could be. I don't know. Are tornadoes mainly in America? Yeah, I don't I really they see are it. in, like, the South. Like, in, like, mm. they are in, like, Kansas and stuff. You, If you look at pictures of them, they are terrifying. Mm. Have you ever seen the film where it's... <laughs> Do you know what it's called? I think it might be called something like Tornado. And it's about these people who try and go and film tornadoes or like uh, sign, do scientific experiments yeah. on them and stuff. And then they, they get in these big vehicles and go and chase after tornadoes. What happens? Oh, I don't, definitely some of, some of the cars get whipped up. Obviously. <laughs> I can't remember now, but I just like, there are people in the world that do that as a job. Yeah. And go around chasing That's tornadoes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you think we can stay positive in these times. Like, I think, what what's a practical solution to the fact that shit is hitting the fan and it's bad, it is so bad out there? I think... I think it is okay as well to almost turn yourself off from it a little bit and mm. take time time away from it and not be reading the news loads and concentrating on that because I don't I don't think focusing on the news is always healthy Mm. for people and I think you do need to have that time away from it and getting outside and just having a break but like it is a privilege to do that as Mm -hmm. well because there's people who just cannot escape like I can't imagine what it would be like for somebody who's currently in Ukraine yeah yeah it's horrific um yeah I don't I don't know really it's hard, isn't it? I think sometimes you have to just take every day, it, things day by day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's hard. Do okay. you have any techniques that you do? Um, you know what? I feel like when, for example, with the with the climate and stuff, when I was vegan, when my lifestyle revolved around making choices like that, 
I think my anxiety around it was much worse than it is now. And mm. that's because all of the choices that I was making was reminding me why I was making those choices. And it's good in the sense that, like, you feel like you're doing something, like, you really are helping the environment. And I, I probably should go back vegan. But because you're consistently and consciously making choices, you're never disassociated from the reasons why you're doing it. Yeah. And then you're constantly reminded, like, oh, the planet's burning. Oh, oh, there's overfishing. Or, oh, animals are treated horrifically. Yeah. So I don't want to encourage anyone to not be vegan because I think it's one of the best things you can do to protect the environment. But I think it did help my my mental health around, like, eco-anxiety and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, that's really selfish, though. Mm, I think you do need to have a balance, no matter what. Like, you're not doing anybody else good or yourself good if you're in a really difficult place. Mm. And I don't think the vegan or, or kind of eco-movement really wants wants to make people yeah. in a really awful mental health but um the, I, I don't know how much responsibility do you think is on people oh I think that especially the green movement has placed a lot of responsibility on individuals to compensate for everything that's happening to the world not purposefully but I think that there is quite individuals are quite in touch with it and mm. try and do better or yeah try and have better lifestyle but I think that in general it being from a grassroots level and a local level is good but you need companies now to take ownership and to do things as well yeah it can't it can't just be lo- like local people making an effort when yeah. they're not contributing anywhere near as much as <laughs> big companies and industries yeah i know i think that's just one of the most upsetting elements of like feeling like whatever you're doing is a drop in the ocean yeah if that you know what i mean yeah um which just doesn't help for the question on how to be positive but i think you're right i think just taking that time to disassociate or like acting purposefully like in the sense that if you can spare a couple of pounds to the to to fund the right thing that you want to fund, yeah. or like give up a little bit of time to I don't know what you can do, maybe just act yeah just acting purposefully, mm. doing what you can if you feel passionate about it because I always feel like whenever I donate to something that I'm really passionate about, I do feel like I'm helping it in some way in some small way yeah. How do you feel about recycling? It's a bit of a random one. It's a good question because I was thinking about this because I remember um, a fellow vegan friend of mine was chatting about recycling and I didn't realise that up until a couple of years ago, the UK used to ship our plastic off to China for processing, Mm. which is so ironic because they were funding planes with planes full, like plane a plane full of plastic and they just get dumped in these massive warehouses in China for processing yeah. and I was thinking how ironic is that that this is supposed to be an environmental movement 
Yeah. And you're burning gallons and gallons of toxic fumes. Yeah. To process your recycling. Um, but this vegan friend was like, um, like recycling is not really going to change the climate meltdown. Recycling is more about the environmental impact on like animals in the ocean and like making sure that things look nice and not trying to like create things that are going to be here past our life Hmm. but it's not actually causing climate meltdown so it's not an immediate threat yeah i just think it's one of those really small things that people can do Mm. so that even if it doesn't make a massive difference that you can just do yeah. and I think the majority of people now almost do it unconsciously mm. but it, I was just bringing it up because it bugs me when people don't do it but have you have you heard of wish cycling? I'm a bad wish cycler or I used to be what's that? so like oh, is just it? putting stuff in the recycling bin because you think it might be recyclable if you and do ruin. that the whole thing you can't recycle it because it takes them too long yeah. to pick it out. Yeah, yeah, So most of the stuff gets just thrown in the landfill anyway. Yeah, I was aware of that. That's why you need to wash out your jars and tins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wash them out. You can't put any, like... Even if you have cardboard pizza boxes, if there's any yeah. grease on that, they're contaminated. Yeah, yeah, I know. So... <laughs> so not, not much stuff is recyclable anyway, which is a massive change. And also, they say you should go for biodegradable stuff, not recyclable. I do, yeah, I feel like I do go for biodegradable stuff sometimes. But that's a privilege in itself, like, that's so much more expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't even know what is biodegradable when I think about it. Like, it's not that many products, are there? Not really. Like, you don't find many makeup products, for example, that have that. And we don't talk about microplastics enough that are, that are in literally everything. Like, we're rubbing yeah. microplastics on our skin, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they found it in people's bodies now, yeah yeah and in fish and stuff as well like the fish you eat sometimes if you eat fish that i had microplastics in fish it. for one of the first times the other day how was it in ages um yeah it was okay i was feeling really ill mm. and i thought i've been thinking about it for a while now do i just need some oil yeah, so yeah, like yeah. fish is good for you yeah. isn't it and i thought i'd just i'd try it and have it a little bit and i had it with some salad it was nice what fish did you go for I went for salmon. It was out in a restaurant, so I couldn't really choose mm. any old fish. Mm. But um, yeah, it was really, it was quite nice actually. I didn't feel guilty when I was eating no. it, which was quite a big deal for me because I thought, oh, yeah. I'm not eating meat in like I don't know eight years or something. Yeah, yeah. Am I gonna just really hate myself for it? But I was okay. I think it's because if you know that you kind of like yeah, it's weird because you kind of put yourself first in the situations, don't you? Yeah. But it makes sense too. Everyone just needs to do the bit that they can. Yeah. Cool. Let's segue a little bit. Mm-hmm. Raise the tone up. Let's yes. talk about friendships. Okay, okay. What What makes a good friend to you? Oh, good question. The answer is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been friends for oh, too long, too long. Over 10 years. Oh my god, yeah, probably. Yeah, over 10 years. What do I think makes a good friend? I think somebody who is always there for you no matter what. So I don't, we don't talk all the time, mm. obviously. And there's times where we see each other a lot more, or times that we barely see each other at all. And like, we've got our own lives, which is fine. But I just know that no matter what, 
I can count on you. And if I rung you and I was in really bad distress or something, you would you'd be yeah. there and it was fine. Um, and you just yeah, like in hard times you've always supported me and been been there. So I think that is a big deal. I'm trying to think of other is things. Is it important to you if your friends are funny? Um, or that you can laugh with them? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Mm. It's definitely important. There's friends. I think you have different relationships yeah. and with people, don't you? So some friends maybe are a bit funnier than others, <laughs> or like you have different interests with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think our friendship groups are funny. Who do you reckon is the funniest? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, because you make really horrific puns at times where I'm like, that's not even funny. That's just painful. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> well, Liv always is like, Liv is our mutual friend. She's always like, Becky, you're so fun to laugh at. Not with. <laughs> yeah. But that just happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I think I distinctly remember so many times in our friendship group where I've been with all of you individually and have been on my back like belly laughing over different <laughs> things so humor is definitely a big deal and just not taking yourself too seriously oh yeah for sure yeah yeah definitely how how important is it for you to have common interests good question not that important i don't think i think it is important to find somebody maybe that is like happy to listen to your interest mm-hmm. so we're still engaged by it yeah. and like wants to know, know yeah, you as a person yeah, yeah. but I don't think you necessarily need to have common interests because you can, you can always find other people and make yeah. friends can't you also it's nice exploring people's passions even if they yeah. have one of your own yeah yeah because it's fun finding out like why they like that yeah expand your horizons a bit yeah it's probably helpful to have something that's similar have you ever had a friendship breakup yes well can you tell us what happened you don't have to use names um yeah i wouldn't use names yeah i've actually had a friend it wasn't so this one wasn't that big of a deal but i had somebody who i've been friends with for years and years Mm -hmm. like longer than our friendship and actually this happened to me twice similar so okay, one of them, I, like, I think I was just a bit too mature, whereas this other person was immature and we weren't really on the same mm. pathway, I think. Like, we mm. just kind of went our separate ways and that's it, and we haven't spoken so long. Was there a conversation or was there just a fizzle out? No, really, yeah. But basically all of my friendships have just fizzled out. Uh, and I've okay, not put an effort in, which is, yeah... So you one of them hasn't it. fizzled out. We just did not get along as pe- as friends. And that's who you're thinking of. And but was there ever a conversation? No, because I <laughs> an event happened and they just didn't like me after that. What event? I was on holiday actually with some a bunch of friends, and we went out for a meal, and I don't. We were doing this whole split share mm. thing, so everyone was kind of paying for lumps of things and then we were dividing it up between each other through an app so it's kind of I don't know it it was easier yeah to do that and so I was paying for this meal it was I don't know hundreds of euros or whatever quite expensive and I was just doing everyone a favor because like it had kind of gone around that we'd all done that and this person just decided that it was too much to pay a tip 
No, how many of you that there were you? Oh, 13, 14 of us. Right, there's 14 of you, you're leaving at least 20 euros tip. Yeah. At least. Yeah, so, and the, the service had been amazing. They're really kind to us. Like, some of us were vegetarian, some of us weren't. Mm. And, like, there was so many different dishes. It was it was yeah. in Greece. It was really, really lovely. Actually, can I interject? Is it yeah. a red flag if someone doesn't tip? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It bugs me. Because, also, if you've been a waitress, yeah. it, you know how much it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really... I had this conversation the other day, actually. Did yeah, somebody didn't want to tip from work, and I was like, no, I'll tip. So then I over-tip, yeah, because yeah, of yeah. Like, it's not on. Yeah, definitely. Um, that is bad vibes if someone doesn't tip. Yeah, yeah. The argument was you don't need to tip in the UK, because we have um, minimum wage and stuff. No, that's still I was like, minimum wage isn't really great. No, it's... I mean, to be fair, I just pay service charge now, because I yeah. assume that all goes to them, doesn't it? I don't know, I've not really looked into service charge. Almost everywhere yeah. in London has like a 12% service charge. Oh, okay. And that's usually like an extra six, seven, eight pounds on top of yeah. the bill, so. Yeah, fair. Fair. But this place doesn't have service charge, oh, so. So you should definitely leave it here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so we're on holiday, and then I was like, no, we, uh, we'll leave it here. Mm. And I can't remember how much it was, say it was 20 euros. And then he was like, no, we do not need to leave a tip. Um, you don't tip here in Greece. I was like, "What? What's going on here?" Mm. And then I was like, "Look, I'm like, oh, fine. You don't like you don't sort out. I, yeah, your side can just come out of mine. Like, yeah." But they were trying to argue the toss about it, and then started shouting at me in the restaurant. So I obviously lost it as well myself. You started and, to argue in the restaurant. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I was. Like, to, to be fair, there's, like, other stuff that had happened in our friendship. Yeah. Actually, we'd argued on a holiday previous to this. Yeah. Um, because they'd made the comment about my weight, which was <gasps> not great. I know. Did they? Mm-hmm. Say more. That, like, I probably could be in better shape. You're lying. No, I know. What gave them the... I can't believe that. You should That should have been the first strike. Yeah, it was. No, obviously was you were keeping really... tally at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't hold grudges. No, 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 no. Yeah, I wasn't really friends with them after that at all. And it was just that they were still in the group, so I kind of had to go and hold it with them. Yeah. Actually, I'd been pretty... Not awful to them on the holiday, but, like, I'd been very removed. From, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Didn't, I didn't make an effort with that time at all anyway. But, yeah, so I did pay the tip. And then no, but nobody else really stood up for me. Why? I don't know. They just kind of let it happen. And then afterwards, they were like, I can't believe that just happened. I was like, yeah, you everyone yeah, just sat there watching. Yeah. And they were like, no, we... And people were like, yeah, but we agreed with you. I'm like, but you d- it didn't feel yeah, like it. Yeah. And it made... Like, I felt really bad after because I was like, have I made yeah, yeah. a show of myself? Yeah. But actually, I hadn't because they were shouting at me. Yeah. And treating me like rubbish. Yeah. So I just stood up for yeah. it. But, yeah. So... There was never any conversation afterwards. Like, oh. we shouldn't really be friends. No, no, there was. So, the, to be fair, the person did apologise to me the next day. And I was like, okay, I accept your yeah. apology. Like, it's fine, because I just don't want it to be awkward with everyone else. And then, when we were on the journey back, we were both going our separate ways on trains. And this person was like, I just think you've been off of me all this holiday. Yeah. Da, 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 da. But I was like, I have to get on a train, like, I can't talk about this right now, like, I'm going to be late. And I was like, no, like, I'm fine with you, whatever, but I'm not really happy with some of the things that have gone on. And then we just kind of left it. We didn't really, like, we were just civil. 
wow. to each other. But yeah, I know. How I, did you feel? Like, were you upset or? Because I've read about how friendship breakups can be worse than romantic breakups. Mm. Well, I was really good friends with this person actually initially, but I think that I'd seen it coming for a long time. Yeah. Like, stuff had been happening over the few mm. months, so I was like, I don't like this person anymore. If it builds up to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd already confronted them how they treated a different girl oh, and really? things like that. Yeah, like, I didn't like how they treated other people. Yeah, So yeah. I did like, there's no point in me accepting that. Yeah. Well, they were just simply a friend. Yeah. So why would I care? Do you think that you're a reflection of your company? As in, could you be friends with someone that did treat other people not good if they were really nice to you? No, I don't think I could be friends with someone. Well, oh, I don't know. I would definitely say something to that person. Yeah. Like, I, I can't... I'm... Oh, to be, I can be quite gobby, can't I? I can't not let... I, I can't let things go at all. That's important, though. Yeah, because... Yeah, and I just think it it would worry me as well in the sense that if you treat other people like that further down the line, are you going to be a horrible mm, friend to me? Mm. So I think it would be a red flag in a friendship. Yeah, that's interesting because people don't really talk about red flags in friendships as much as they do yeah. in relationships. Well, not all friendships are good, are they? No, it's just another relationship with a human. And you know, I think people accept so much more shit from friendships than they do relationships yeah because you know especially if they're an old friendship because it's yeah. just like this is the way it is and people can't change yeah, yeah 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 like there should be so many more friendship breakups than there are think of like the average person has how many relationships in their life like four i don't know they always sit yeah. there's like a book called like the three loves and there's like whatever but friends are different to that but you would expect that... But I guess people fall in and out friends all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I think people, especially with those friendships that you've made in school and stuff, there's almost an obligation to stay friends with someone even if you really have outgrown each other. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. But I guess the thing is with friendships is that there's not an expectation on you to see them all the time. No, yeah. So, it's a bit easier, whereas if you're in a relationship, I'm guessing you should be seeing, unless it's a long distance yeah. thing, there is an expectation to see them a lot more. Do you reckon you should have, like, expectations set in a friendship? Because like, in, in, in my relationship, I was very clear about, like, the things that I need and the things that are the nice-to-haves and whatever. Yeah. Well, um, so, boundaries? Yeah, boundaries, but, like, in a relationship, I'd be like, okay, I expect, like... To be treated like this, or like this is something that's really important to me, and like, please never do this. But I've never gone into a friendship going, yeah. Please never do this, or like, it's important that we see each other once a week. I wouldn't do that. I'm, but I'm a low maintenance friend, but very high maintenance in a relationship. Mm, yeah, but I, I think know people should. that are high maintenance friends. Yeah, yeah. I think you should definitely. I think you should have boundaries with. Almost everywhere. Oh, for sure. And you should have boundaries with family as well. Mm, that's not spoken about as, as much as well. No, I was listening to a podcast about this actually and how it's difficult because people say, well, I'm your family and you should just do this or that. Yeah. And we're relatives, so why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, for me? yeah. But actually, if it's a boundary that you don't agree with, mm. then that, that should be fine. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
that happens a lot with like um I see some pa- sometimes parenting stuff comes up on my for you yeah. page or whatever and it's always speaking about like physical touch and families like really important because often like kids get passed around family members and like they want to like hug them and kiss them and it, it's like sweet obviously but like these kids aren't told or like brought up with consent early on yeah and just like yeah, they're like yeah. oh go give like so and so a kiss before you go to bed and you just expect it to like perform yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah well, I think about I have two nephews and one of my nephews was brought up uh, I can't remember he was born in 20 yeah I don't know 17 or something and I I was there for a lot of his but when he was a baby and stuff so I saw him a lot whereas my other one I was at the other one was um is younger and so I was at uni and I never used to see him so he is not as comfortable around me oh, really? especially because he was a covid baby oh so he's not really comfortable around people in general oh, he's just not interacted yeah, yeah, yeah. In, for most of his life uh, in the same way so it's interesting then because his he's just yeah he's just not com- comfortable as much and he never really has been and I think that's been hard for some other family members to accept. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, well, the older one is, is fine around yeah. me. And I see him all the time. But it's like, well, he had a, his upbringing was quite different. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so people... It, it is hard for families. And they do have to probably learn a lot from the child mm, as well. And think about mm, what's comfortable for them. Definitely. They want. You're right, though, about familial expectations. Like, I feel like... For example, if it came to like financial responsibility or money, if it's my immediate family, I mean, of course, it would like not even be an issue. But I don't know what my parents would say if like a cousin asked me for money and I straight up said no. I th- I don't know if they'd be mad at me for saying no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Like they might be like, no, that's your family, it's your obligation to support them. But then, like, what would you do? Why is it your obligation to support them? Because. Like, it's that kind of sense of community and, like, you share blood with that person. Like, you kind of, like, should look after... You should all look after and support each other. I just don't think it's really... I don't think it's a great reason in a way. And I love my family. Yeah. And I genuinely... I do love my... You know, I love my cousin. Yeah. But I just don't think that it's fair to Is just be, like, yeah. just pay for it. Like, why? What? No, I know. What, <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a harsh way of thinking about it, but... For men, their relationships are so complex. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there's a lot... That's why there's so much drama around Christmas. Do you have drama around Christmas? No, but you just hear it a lot, yeah. don't you? Well, actually, yeah, because it's hard to... Especially with two parents that are split up mm. and trying to think about who goes where and what days you're going to spend with them and there's an expectation that you'll be there and that... You'll spend this amount of time with them, so you've got to do two days before Christmas mm. or whatever, and we're going to open these presents, and then this, like, there is quite, it is yeah. a high expectation yeah. that you're going to do all of this. Yeah. It's my, like, I, I live in such, like, this bubble of, like, I've never had to think about that, but I could imagine that, especially if you're younger, that would be, I mean, you get used to it, I assume. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, this is a pretty deep question, but... What do you think your parents' relationship and them splitting up taught you about relationships in general? Um, I think, well, 
it's unfair because I was about 16, well, 14, 15, 16 when everything was happening. But you do learn relationships from your parents. Like, that's the first relationship that you observe is your parents. (laughs) Yeah. That's how you learn. Not everything's perfect. People quite often argue. Um... But, I don't know, so if I think about them now, they get along actually quite well, and I'm really fortunate in that. Yeah. And that they're civil with each other, and they do speak. Mm. So I'm really fortunate that that, that's almost a nicer way of thinking about it, because I'm like, even though they've been through all of this stuff and they're not together, they still have a level of of relationship with one another. But, I think in some ways, I'm a bit like, just because, if something's really not working, you shouldn't just try and stick it out mm. even if it is for kids I think you do have to come to a moment where you're like this isn't working Yeah. and fortunately for us it's been positive that they've done that and they're both I think in a lot better place Yeah. and both happier and it's n- it is nice I spend really nice time with them both whereas prior when they were living together it wasn't nice Yeah. so it's definitely that separation's definitely benefited them, yeah. and I've learnt that. Yeah, I guess that when you're separated, it can be really good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Some people work better as friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were together like twenty two years. That's so they really did try. Yeah, they <laughs> gave it a good shot. <laughs> yeah, and it probably well, how long are you supposed to be? They they were probably coming to about the right time for them to break up in statistically. Yeah, probably. Or maybe they even stuck it out a bit longer. But it's interesting because, like, after 22 years, <coughs> a lot of those relationships become, like, you just become one person. Yeah. Oh, no. This was not them. Be- they were <laughs> never one person at all. My parents' issue is that they are both so opinionated <laughs> and, like, they're, they're so different. No, they're not different, Tala. They're just their own person and with their own stubborn beliefs. Yeah. Which has definitely shaped me massively. <laughs> it's... But, like, I don't know, you know you No, know it's them. so true, but you're funny yeah. that you say that because, like, at least you're self-aware because I got into a relationship and I was like, I know exactly who I am, I know exactly what I'm like or will be like in a relationship. <laughs> and then you get in it and then you're like, oh my God, I am my parents. I'm literally my parents. Yeah. And you see all the things that you grew up with playing out and they, like, seep out of your body. Yeah. Like, you couldn't even... Be- oh, I was having this debate with Matt, right? He said, even if you're in an argument, if one person's cooking and you usually <laughs> cook for each other, you still make the dinner for the other person, right? So, for example, if we were in an argument and I was working late and he was cooking dinner, he would still make me my dinner and he'd just leave it on the side, right? Yeah. And I was shocked i was like absolutely not if we're in an argument you're not getting a sentence from me you're not getting could you imagine us being in an argument and me still cooking for you me still making your dinner no 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 way and he was like becky that is so childish that is ridiculous and i was like absolutely not that is me making a point that yeah. I'm upset and I don't want... Why do I want to do anything for you if I'm mad at you? I wouldn't. And he's like, no, you can't live life like that. And then I'm literally just my parents. I'm literally just my dad. Because my mum would have done what Matt did and my dad would have absolutely not. So, 
yeah, I'm not doing it. But I was telling people in work about it, and they were like, Becky, that's so mean. <laughs> but I think it's completely, completely logical to act like that. No, it's quite childish and mean. Is it? But, yeah. But you get it? <laughs> no, it's going to say a funny story on that. Just thinking about my parents. So food was really a really topical thing in our <laughs> family because... My mum used to do all of the shopping and then make the food. And yeah. Obviously, my dad used to eat it. Yeah. And I can't remember. They got in massive arguments. My mum was like, I'm never doing it again. So my dad, from about when I was 14 or something, he had to do the shop and make our food. Because and just one day your mum was like, I'm not cooking No, again. No, I think it was a continuous argument. Oh, right, okay. But, like, it got so far, my mum was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> and um, so my dad quite often works from home and he'd make us dinner and then he'd make my mum dinner as well sometimes but like that I mean my parents can't cook it so always open meals (laughs) (laughs) this one time my mum came home from work and he was like your dinner's in the oven but they'd been in an argument yeah they weren't really speaking and I kid you not my mum pulled out the oven tray and there was a plate in there and it had like Five peas, three chips, and a fish finger. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she she used to take photographs of these meals because it was just horrific. I mean, one time my dad tried to cook a really nice meal, but it was rice with just satsuma pieces on the top. <laughs> satsuma pieces. <laughs> yeah, he was like. Yeah, I saw it on um, some cooking show. Not Sultanas. No, Satsumas, the, the orange. Yeah, he's like, I saw it on a cooking show. It's orange rice. So we're like, what? Orange rice? And when we looked it up, we were like, this is what you were supposed to make. And he was like, yeah. He was like, supposed to um, squeeze the orange juice and like yeah, infuse yeah. it all. Yeah. And then have like one piece of um, Satsuma on the top as like a, a show. But instead, he just boiled the rice and put Satsuma <laughs> on. <laughs> I know. What did you do when you were served that? Did oh, you eat it? I don't think so. I think I ate like a, a veggie burger. You were just something. like, I need to adapt quickly, otherwise I'm going to starve in this house. <laughs> That's why I went veggie so I could yeah. cook for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> if I was your mum, I would not be in any of that either, to be fair. I don't know. Do you know what my mum's meals weren't any better? She used to, uh, she made the cottage pie once, but ran out of gravy granules. Yeah. So she just tried to make brown sauce. Uh, she put brown sauce on it and then water or something to try and make that as a sauce. Yeah, it was actually the most horrific oh thing. God. Yeah. That's funny. My dad always claims that he can cook. And he can cook a really good roasty. Like, he does yeah. a cracking roast potato. And also probably the rest of the roast dinner. And he likes to have a go at curry. But Chef Karen is the one. Yeah, your mum's a good cook. She, yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's made me a real food snob now. Who do you think's a better cook? Your mum or Liv's? I'm going to have to back Karen, obviously. Oh, okay. But I do enjoy Jackie's cooking as well. Yeah, Jackie's a good cook. She is up there, but Karen all the way. Mm-hmm. You can't beat Karen's fish pie or, <laughs> or all kinds that she makes. They're amazing. Yeah, a roast in my... Have you ever had a roast in my house? Oh, I can't remember. I think I must have. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I have to make a blog and set pictures of the roasties that my dad does. Makes. I'll get my mum to send photos that she used to see. Oh my god, yeah. I can, <laughs> I'll put them on Instagram and I'll be like, this is the type of food that we talked about this week. <laughs> my, my dad's food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's super nice. Yeah. I think she'll be, I'll be able to put a photograph of it. 
Okay, yeah, please do. That'll be funny. Is there anything else that you want to chat about? What else is... What, what has anything else made you laugh this week? Oh, good question. What has made me laugh this week? Um, Are you watching Love Island? I've seen snippets of it, uh, okay. but not loads of That's making me chuckle this week. I just love the chaos. Davide. Oh yeah. You are a liar. <laughs> Activist. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Ridiculous. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's funny. Do you have a favourite yeah. from it? Who do you fancy the most? Oh, I don't know. I've, I feel like they aren't really my type of people on Do, Love Island. Not even aesthetic? No. I don't know. I don't think Who's so. your celeb crush then? I don't know. No, you asked me this and I don't know oh. who it is. I really struggle to think someone... I don't think there's anybody that I I'm really idolise <coughs> or look up to. Andrew Garfield. Is that not a celeb crush? Yeah. Actually, yeah, I do. Yeah, he is fit. Matthew Gay Goobler is probably my number one. Deadass. Stop. Austin Butler as well. Oh, I don't... No. Nah, Darcy, it's... he's a solid Yeah, pin. but have you seen the his, like, method acting stuff? I don't know. That oh, was a, That was a red flag for me. It's not oh, even, yeah. like, that bad. It's just, uh, give me the ick. I got recommended this video today, and it was, like, Vanessa Hutchins, because he was in, like, a 10-year relationship with her. Yeah, yeah. And she, like, manifested him being Elvis. So they were, like, driving in the car and he was singing or something. And she was like, oh, like, you should play Elvis, like, as a joke or whatever. And then he was singing, like, on the piano another time. And I think he'd, like, dyed his hair dark at that point. And she was like, no, like, we should actually, like, you have to do this. Like, I feel it in my brain. Like, you have to play Elvis. And then a month later, Baz... I think it's Lerman, the director of Elvis, was like, yeah, like, we wanted him to do a read. And oh. that was it. And she was like, I want him to do it. And they broke up, obviously, because they're not together anymore. <clears throat> and he goes for all the Nepo babies now. But she was like, I so manifested this. Mm, which is crazy. Yeah. I've seen all of the videos of Miles Teller, actually. I'm top gun. I fancied him in Whiplash. I've never seen that. What? It's such a good yeah. film. It is a good film. Yeah. yeah, I need to go see that new Top Gun, but I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> no, me either. Yeah, we should go. Yeah. So Elvis is on my list, Top Gun's on my list. Did you see everything everywhere all at once? No, what's that? Oh, it's a film that's really good. Okay. You'll like it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's so cute. And yeah, it's just good. Good, good, good. Yeah. So yeah, they're on my list of to-dos. I do have something funny that happened to me today, oh, but it is, um, I don't know whether it is actually funny because it's a little bit cruel, but <laughs> we um, we had our sports day today and it was really good and I was photographed, I was the photographer for it, yeah, yeah. so I was going around doing it and I was just kind of trying yeah. to snap everything and then they were doing a relay and a girl fell, <laughs> but I've got a photo of her mid-fall, <laughs> not purposefully, I was just... I just basically stopped Aww. it at the right time, but I didn't realise until I was looking sweet. through the photographs and I saw that it was, it's a perfect shot. Oh my God. It's such an action shot. What are you going to do with the photograph? I didn't I'm do not anything. posting it, no. It's no, not, like, obviously I'm, not. Obviously not. Like, That's good, it's to the void. Yeah, but it, I'll, I'll have to delete it, but it's just such a good <laughs> photograph. Oh, yeah. it's handy. Right, well, I've kept you for long enough, Darcy. Thank you for having me. See you next week, everyone. Bye.
thank you so much for listening again if you liked it please rate it five stars and yeah tell someone about the podcast post it on your social media tag me in it it's at uh not an og thought pod yeah n-o-t-a-n-o-g thought pod yeah tag me in it tell a friend invite them along to the party uh yeah thank you so much again and i really appreciate it and i love you lots and have an amazing week and i'll see you next time and bye hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.